What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Sight and Sound podcast, presented by Heart God Media. Uh, we are obviously on a little extended hiatus, but we are officially back, and uh, who better to have on for uh, Triumphant Season 5, Episode 3, Return, than Mr. Uh, Lou Smith of uh, Many Hats, namely Burger Creek Productions, which also is the house, the circus tent of uh, a podcast known as the 15 Minutes of Fame. And uh, he also plays in some uh, pretty awesome fucking bands. Uh, Lou, tell us tell us what music projects you're a part of, as well as running, obviously, Burger Creek Productions and uh, the Burger Creek Productions podcast known as the 15 Minutes of Fame. Well, first of all, fucking fantastic introduction. As per usual, thank you for having me back. Uh, always love talking with you, especially an excuse to talk about what we're going to launch into. But uh, right now, obviously, uh, the, the name of the game is Lurking Class. Uh, we actually go into the studio again in the middle of May. Going to cut up another three tracks. Um, Going to be working with Chopping Around, working with a different, uh, different masterer of those tracks. But things are rolling along. Um, check us out. We are on Instagram. We're streaming on Bandcamp, um, you know, Spotify, all that shit, uh, Apple Music. But we, our first three-track EP was released in January, and we are also, through the course of sheer boredom, uh, the boys in the band want to do a little kind of dissected movie podcast as well. Um, so for fun, when we're not writing stuff, we the three of us get together and just bullshit about movies. That's indecisive opinions, and that is also streaming on you know Apple Podcasts and all that shit. But uh, but first and foremost, check out our music. It's rad. We're very excited to share it with people, um, and we're excited to have another few tracks towards our overarching twelve track uh, inaugural record. Hopefully, <laughs> at, at the end of this year. <laughs> well, hell yes. Uh... Yeah, so there's obviously, you and I have obviously been involved with music, we're both involved with podcasting, but of course, those two things uh, coalesce, and uh, mainly between you and I, we talk a lot, we have talked a lot on this podcast uh, about the Ramones, and today is no different, because last week we celebrated, um, I I guess I should, I can say celebrated, because it is a celebration, but... You know, we celebrate, you know, the the passing of Joey Ramone. He left us 20 years ago last week on the 15th. It was Easter Sunday in 2001. And 20, we, 20 years later, here we are. And uh, he's still just as important. And uh, the Ramones are still just as important. And on that 20th anniversary, we're, we are going to talk a little, uh, a little more, obviously, about Joey. But... Joy related as well. They announced that the Netflix biopic, biopic, uh, your your tomato, your tomato there, um, announced that the role for Joey Ramone in the Ramones biopic, uh, I slept with Joey Ramone, based off Mickey Lee's book, Joey's brother, uh, is been cast. Uh, the character of Joe, Joey Ramone has been cast. Uh, they've cast Pete Davidson as um, Joey Ramone, and I, I know you and I immediately shared dialogue about this, and uh, it seems like one of the more odd uh, casting selections out of all the people that could have played Joey Ramone. Um, what were your initial thoughts when uh, you you heard this that Pete Davidson of all people was gonna 
portray Joey Ramone. Look, I don't live under a fucking rock, but when I saw that, I was like, who? Look, I don't, I don't watch SNL. I think like the majority of people in, in, in our age bracket, with the exception of some standout like selections and up, you know, like, Oh, ch- check out this scene or whatever. Like I know he's heavily involved with that, with the current iteration of, uh, of SNL. I don't fucking know him. I don't get him. Um, so it was very, it struck me as odd specifically because I don't know if he has any sort of tie to the Ramones. I know he's from the greater New York city area. Um, but I don't, is he into punk rock? I don't fucking know, but he has tattoos. Okay. You know, like, so it, it just, it struck me as very odd by way of like, I felt like if there are other people that can do the, the, to, can deliver the fucking, uh, the role, how was he, in what world was he selected and why? I think that's what it really boils down to because we've both we were talking about fucking biopics biopics whatever we were talking about we brought up cbgb's with alan rickman rest in peace um and among others right but we were talking about some of the roles in there and the movie overall probably could have been better i think but it was fun right ups and downs highs and lows all that shit to answer your question in a roundabout way no idea what anybody was thinking and i would really love to know why he was selected in particular when I know I have a sneaking suspicion. There's other people in fucking Hollywood um, who are also tied to fucking Netflix that are into punk rock and, or are from the city, understand the music, understand the importance of the story and how oftentimes throughout fucking history, Ramones have been cast as these X, Y, and Z. They're idiots. They're goofballs. They're fucking whatever. They're, they're serious. They're not serious. Like, I feel like there's people out there that can help portray this accurately. I don't know why this guy was tapped for that. Yeah, it's got to be, you know, it it definitely has to be like Netflix saying like, okay, yeah, we'll fund this movie for this amount of money, but one of these two or three people has to play Joey Ramone. Um, So I'm sure in due time we'll we'll find that out. Um, I I, I sincerely hope so because did you see the post that Mickey Lee had posted? It was him and Pete like staying together like kind of like hey oh no so if you check out so mickey had posted something i don't know when the announcement was made and it was him standing next to uh standing next to pete davidson so i'm curious like if if they were friends there was very little context (laughs) to the post it was just like netflix is doing a a a bio biopic biopic fucking and and they've chosen pete davidson to as my brother you know so it's like Again, no context. Is this just, was that Mickey saying, I am settling for Netflix's choice and who is playing my brother? You know, like how much oversight was was put into that casting choice and why? Well, yeah. that, as much as um, I'm not a fan of the casting, uh, I guess that is a little bit of a relief to know that at least it, you got to think that because it's based off Mickey's book too, that he's spending time with Pete Davidson and saying like, Hey, this is what's this. This is what's that. You need to do this and giving him insight about, about Joey. Um, so it's, it doesn't come off completely, uh, callow. Uh, but I, you know, time will tell. Um, I hope it's good. I, I hope he, he defies our doubt and I hope that Pete Davidson fucking kills it. Uh, 
I just don't I just don't know how a guy I mean, if he's wearing glasses, I guess we won't notice that his eyes look like cat assholes, but um <laughs> I don't know. Stained stained cat assholes. Stained cat assholes, but regardless, I, I hope it I, I mean I'm not shocked that it's a uh, a Netflix production just because I know the dirt was uh, was uh, I, I guess it was well received. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see where they go for this and what the angle is. I hope it's good. Uh, I can only hope it's good. Uh, obviously, uh, yeah, I start to think and wonder. If, if and what Linda has to sign off for, because if anybody is unaware, Linda Ramone, who once dated Joey and was married to Johnny, um, is the co-owner of all things Ramone, as is Mickey Lee, Joey's brother. So I, I can only hope that you know there's no issues, all the music's cleared, and and I hope it's a great long book. And, and you know what? I, I hope that it's done right. Um... I have a feeling it's really going to, like, focus on the beginnings of Joey and, you know, it's going to be close to the book. It's going to be, obviously, Joey-centric because it's called I Slept With Joey Ramone. Uh, I don't know if they're going to stick with that. I know it's going to, that's what they're aiming for is to just keep it that way, but I can only hope that they, I have a feeling it's going to be, like, Joey's early life, 70s beginning, the punk launch. Uh, what the Ramones meant, uh, probably, you know, the Phil Spector stuff for the end of the, end of the century, and then I think they're going to gloss over the 80s and stuff all the way up until when Dee Dee leaves, and then they'll probably make a big stink about that, and then CJ entering the band, Marky coming back, and then the final tour, and I feel like that's probably what we're going to get, but if Mickey's at the helm, I think we may get a little more love shown to Richie. I, I hope there is, because I know that uh, Richie and Joey were cool. They hung out with each other, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of contentious uh, attitudes and egos and, and uh, ebbs and flows of being in the Ramones. But I know, you know, Joe, by all accounts, you know, Joey and Richie always hung out when he was in the, when Richie was in the band. So. I hope we do get some some good Richie content, uh, and it pays homage to what a great member and what a great drummer and what a great performer he was and a great addition of keeping the Ramones alive uh, in what could have been the most stagnant of times for the Ramones. But, and although some consider that, obviously we know that the speed uh, picked up and the energy picked up, and uh, there's a lot of good things that came from that era, but... It's going to be interesting to see what they, how far they go, what they do, what's cut, what's shown. But they're obviously going to pander to the lure of, you know, the Johnny and Joey stuff too. You know, I, I would imagine, right? Right, and and I think too, it'll be an example of they're going to print the lore, right? They're gonna they're going to try and continue this. Uh, maybe not, but I, I would see them kind of pandering more towards that, like, oh, we're going to play up the rivalry and, and possibly the dysfunction, maybe to a comedic level, maybe not. I mean, in all accounts, Pete Davidson's a fucking comedian, right? Despite, I don't know anything about him other than he's from the New York City area and he's on SNL, so he's got to be funny to some degree for someone to think that he deserves a role in that show. So... I'm wondering what it, is it going to be a serious take, which if it is, is it going to be, you know, executed well, 
or are they going to try like CBGBs was kind of goofy. You know, it, 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 there was the kind of the element of like the punk magazine and they dealt with like the illustration, like transitions and stuff, which was fun. But again, like I think with, with something like this, with a, with a Ramones movie biopic, but centered around Joey, I think, I think we're ready for something like that. Um, you know, we've got a handful of documentaries, both official and unofficial. We've got tons of interview footage, tons of news articles, books, all that shit. Um, I don't know. I think it would be interesting to see uh, a serious take on it. And that's kind of, I guess, what I was getting at as to the, the question as to why they chose somebody who is a comedian. Not to say that comedians can't do serious roles, but with somebody like that, why? <laughs> you know, I think right, I use the right. example of like, in, in my mind, I'm thinking like fucking Adam Driver. He already kind of has that vibe going especially with like the longer like shoulder length hair and stuff. Right. Pop some Coke, Coke, Coke bottle fucking glasses on him. And he's already tall. He's like, it's just, I'm very curious as to, as to why that decision was made. That's, that's it. But to your point, Mickey Lee's behind it in some way, shape or form. So it's got to ring true to his book in, in some fashion. Uh, I guess he has some control over it. I don't know if he had, had, would have enough acting chops, but you know who kind of, I could picture playing the Joey Ramone part well as Martin Starr. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I am not. Let's see. He was uh he was in uh Freaks and Geeks as Haverchuck. Uh he's been in a a bunch of stuff. Uh he was kind of a part of that like newer age brat pack uh Judd Apatow thing, but had very, very small roles in, in any of those like uh is he, movies. Is he kinda ugly? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Okay. He's on uh, fucking, what is it, Silicon Valley? Silicon right? Valley, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. great in that, but. Uh, he's funny. Oh, he is funny. He is funny. Oh, when yeah. I say ugly, like, I mean that in jest. Because in Freaks and Geeks, uh, he was pretty emaciated looking. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially with those giant, like, Jeffrey Dahmer glasses that he was rocking. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually, that's a, that's a fantastic point. He would be, he would be fitting for that role. Um, especially in that kind of the more, uh, you know, I guess he, he, I would put him on par as far as like the comedic, uh, stuff with a Pete Davidson. Right. right. Cause it seems like everything that he's Martin Starr has been cast in, it seems to be a little bit more funny. Right. right. Yeah. And it's, you know, they announced this obviously by, by no, uh, mistake on the 20th anniversary of Joey Ramone dying. And, uh, to speak to that, I mean, it's important that we, especially now with this movie coming, going to be coming out, I'm sure at some point next year, um, you know, it's important that we, we, I guess, remember and reminisce and, and, and honor the the legacy of Joey Ramone before this movie hopefully uh, does that as well. But, uh, you know, I think people, I do think that people outside of Ramones fans don't appreciate, I think, what the Ramones still are to this day, um, what they've done, who they've influenced, like the endless bands that have influenced, they've influenced and continue to influence. Uh, but you know, Joey specifically was just such a enig- enigmatic, like frontman. Uh, you know, he wasn't like a he he wasn't a Johnny Rotten. He wasn't like an an Axl Rose, he wasn't even, honestly, he wasn't even like a Robert Plant or anything like that. He was so unique in standing in the one spot of the stage and owning it, 
kind of doing a little mic work with the mic stand. But he was uh, he's very unique in everything that he did. And I think that speaks to the uniqueness of the Ramones. And, you know, 20 years... I remember the day he died. I remember, uh, you know, Satch, my old, my old man, calling me down. And it was Kurt, you know, it was fucking like Kurt Loader or it was like John Norris or one of the fucking MTV news people saying, you know, that Joey Ramone has died. And I was like, oh shit, that's fucking crazy. And it's crazy to think that like... There wasn't, I mean, the internet was obviously around, but, like, I didn't have a computer in my house for another four years after that, or until, you know, four years after that, so, I, you were getting your information from MTV News, like, I mean, it's, and I I remember, like, just, and I I was a, I was a, like, you know, I'd already had my Ramones poster, all my, my Ramones shirt, I had the Ramones anthology, and I was like soaking up the Ramones, and then that happens, and and you immediately like start thinking like, oh geez, I'll never see the, I'll definitely never see the Ramones now, like. And I feel like that's there's so many bands where you see, you see like an Alice in Chains, the singer dies, the band obviously takes a, you know, seven eight years break, they end up finding a replacement singer. I just feel like that there's certain bands where you could, I mean, it's the same thing with Motorhead, like. Motorhead could never replace Lemmy and do anything. The same way, like, the Ramones. Like, there's just completely out of the question. Like, there would never be any circumstance where that would... You could have a tribute. You could have a tribute show. You could have, you know, you know, a, a, a Ramone or two could tour together and have someone fill in. But they would... There's no way that you'd be able to slap the Ramones name on anything of just have it Ramones and, and continue without him. So when he died... I think I was just, it was the, the uh, early realization, like, wow, you'll never see the, I'll never see the Ramones. Like, I'll never, you'll never, I'll never get to actually see it in front of me. And it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, but, I mean, the, the legacy is just, I, I still think it's, it's unrealized, I feel like, the impact that, that Joey Ramone specifically has had on the music world. So, I think, I mean, you, you hit on a ton, a ton of fucking really important things there. And one of the things I wanted to key in on in particular is I think also the insight that Joey had as New York City tinged as sometimes simplistic as it was. There was a lot of beauty in some of the shit that he would say and how for a band that, yeah, they wrote songs about fucking not wanting to go down to the basement and sniffing glue and fucking whatever, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, insert whatever, there was also, like, a lot of, like, truth into what they were saying, like, in their worldview. And there was a, there's a, there's a quote I want to share you because it, share with you because it, it goes in line with exactly what you're saying. And it's, a, it's an, an, an additional jumping off point for, like, you know, some insight on this. So this is from, I know I've, I've read from this before. This is from my, uh, my Ramones book, the complete twisted history. This is a, this is by Dick Porter, old Dick P Dickie P. Um, (laughs) but this is, this is Joey. This is Joey talking about, uh, he's speaking to, uh, too tough to die, which is coincidentally something we've also talked at nauseum about. He, he had said, quote, these lyrics represent us. Whereas most bands just don't care anymore. He claimed. There aren't many that you really can it, that you can really respect, like Alice Cooper. When I first got into him in '72, I thought this guy is really sick. Then I found out he was straight, and I was real disgusted and upset. 
I thought the guy was a real sick necrophiliac, and that was great. Haha, <laughs> there aren't really many people you can believe in. Now, regardless of like the, the Alice Cooper stuff, because Alice Cooper's fantastic fucking brilliant artist. Oh, yeah. I'm a, the, I'm a huge Coop fan. The, the overarching point that I think he's hitting at is it's the truth behind the lyrics, meaning what you say, but also, again, at, like I had mentioned before, as, as simplistic as some of their, their, their music and their messages are, that's their fucking worldview, and it rings true. Whereas you have some other artists where it's like, ah, can I fucking believe in what you're saying? <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I don't necessarily trust what the fuck you're talking about. And there's other bands that aren't saying anything, you know? I think that's, um, I think that's, the, that's the difference between punk and straight-up rock and roll, too what in in straight up rock and roll you can yuck up a care your character and with with alice cooper especially you know alice cooper is for all intents and purposes it was you know it was going to be that was the name of the band now that alice cooper obviously being a name and sounding like a name it became who their singer was alice or vincent fernier who is alice cooper you know ended up taking on and creating a character and and it was theatrics you know alice cooper is the original shock rock theatrical rock and roller you know so and that's this fundamental difference i think between what punk rock is and what rock and roll is and nothing against rock and roll because a lot of what especially the early i mean you talk it's so funny we you you talk about and i i think lemmy has talked about it before like you think about the, the original punk rocker who is it? It's probably like Little Richard, who is considered like the founding father of rock and roll. I think punk and rock and roll, the roots of rock and roll, are so tied together. When you think about Little Richard, who was who was you know obviously renounced his homosexuality, but was a gay black man in Macon, Georgia, uh, was like there's not much and was super flamboyant and wearing like you know fucking scarves and and just screaming and howling and going it and it was completely like different for the time that's the most punk rock fucking thing in the world and at the time you know 1955 56 57 whenever fucking uh ep elvis presley was on you know that sullivan show and he was shaking his hips and getting every uh sally jane and uh jessica you know wet between the legs that was that was that was punk rock like that, but that was rock and roll. That attitude, I think, went to punk rock, uh, and just became more stripped down and real. And that's what I mean. Obviously, there was a lot of classic rock bands that just wore jeans and t-shirts and went up there. You know, you think about you know the Leonard Skinners and things like that. Uh, when you have higher energy, and you combine that with being a weirdo from New York City, you know, that is probably the most true thing about the Ramones is they they didn't they didn't just talk the talk they walked the walk like everything that they sung about they experienced uh more or less um but they also it's so funny everyone always says well the the Ramones even you know Marky has said you know the Ramones aren't a political band which is so funny because they have political songs you just have to be more than you have to be a more you know, censorship is about Tipper Gore. Uh, you know, is about Tipper Gore's ban on on music and stuff. And then, obviously, uh, my brain is hanging upside down. Bonzo goes to Pittsburgh. Uh, the whole Reagan thing. It's you know, the the things are there, and they always sing about them, but they never. The Ramones never pandered, and I think that's why they 
The Ramones never pandered to anybody, and they never changed who they were. So I think that's why they they didn't ever have the hit records. They didn't ever do anything because they were too real for mainstream America. They were too regular for mainstream America. Um, mainstream America for big rock hits, they want the Robert Plant. They want the crazy stories where you don't know if Jimmy Page believes in black magic and they're sticking like one of the mini sharks in some girl's freaking crotch in, at the Hyatt Hotel, you, you know what I mean, in, in, in L.A., like... They want those stories. They want the mystique. They want the guys wearing the fucking half capes and fucking the the rhinestoned fucking like things. And they want the Steven Tyler with the forty fucking scarves on his thing. And boop bop a doo bop. They want like like that's the fundamental difference between rock and roll and, and I think punk rock. When when punk rock came into fruition in the seventies, and I think that's why I that's why bands like the MC Five like never took off and still aren't you know recognized as like a a fundamental band i mean that band stopped what they were doing and went out into the streets and were protesting with the black panthers uh in the 60s and in the early 70s and protesting the vietnam war because they were kind of just real regular raw and crazy and that's what normal people are normal people are fucking weird and most normal people are fucking weird raw and regular and that's what the Ramones were, and I think that's why they kind of... That's where the fundamental difference between, like, the rock star bullshit and, like, punk rock comes from. Oh, I 100% agreed, and it's funny. I, I want to go back very briefly to what you were saying specifically about um, Marky saying that, ah, the Ramones were really a punk rock band. It's like, the way I look at that is, okay, Mark... Maybe not necessarily in the early part of your tenure, but I would almost argue that fucking Too Tough to Die is one of their most fucking political albums that they've ever put out. You literally have back-to-back fucking songs. Planet Earth 1988 and fucking Humankind are pretty much about society and or humanity in their own ways. Fucking people their their observation of what that means the what the status of things what what is currently going on all that shit so it's like i i find it very interesting as to how they implemented it as to how they implemented their like idea of like well this is this is how we are going to be political we're going to sing about it in this in this fashion right so i, I don't know i it goes back to your point about like the realness of these guys where it's like they specifically walk the walk and talk the talk, as we know from from what we've seen, read in magazines, all that shit. It's like Joey was extremely fucking active in like, you know, what what was that joke? Yeah, you'd see Joey show up at like Save the Cat Foundation or whatever, and he's like, he's there in the corner, like in New York City, like he's very he was an activist. He was he was active in the community. And I almost think that that's even more punk rock than fucking, you know, doing drugs and fucking spray painting shit it's like being fucking part of the community like helping out playing doing your thing right it's not it's not a going with authority thing it's like no i'm helping my fucking fellow human being right um i think that's pretty that's fucking rad man so it's it speaks to to him as as an individual an activist a musician and somebody who has a who's very fucking intelligent even though i think oftentimes the band got cast out as being a you know, a bunch of fucking idiots. It's like, yeah, they're goofballs, but they're not fucking morons, <laughs> you know? No, they were They were all way more intelligent than they were ever given credit for, and I think that's because they were regular people. Now, 
yes, there's a vast majority of regular people who are fucking dumb. But there's also a vast majority of regular people who are really fucking smart and intelligent. They just express it in different ways. Like, perfect example, Didi. Like, Didi, Didi had mental health issues. He was obviously off his rocker. But he was also a fucking, like, amazing lyricist. Like, changed the way people even wrote lyrics. I don't think you have a lot of hardcore. I don't think you have a lot of... Uh, or any of punk rock, or I don't think you have even, like, when you talk about the Ramones, I think all these fucking pop punk bands, they have the Ramones to fucking thank them because they mixed pop music with, you know, more aggressive tones and, and sounds and, and ideas and even visuals, and, you know, that's the Ramones are, that's what kills me when people, like, try to shit talk, like, more pop punk stuff. It's like, the Ramones were the original fucking pop punk band. Yes. Like, punk yes. was pop. Like, it isn't all, like, punk isn't, you know, just, like, it's got to be a li- colored Liberty Spike, and you got to have fucking they holes in your people, t-shirt. Like, and, yeah. You have to pogo. Like. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah it, that, well, that's what's that's what's so funny. And, and it, maybe, you know, that to a degree, I think that's why every member probably, every member there's ever been in the Ramones probably sees the band completely different um, and thinks that, you know, you know, Marky doesn't see them as, like, very political, whereas Joey would, because if you start thinking about Joey and the songs that he contributed to and the things that they, uh, some of the songs that, what they're about and what Joey was about, and then you think about, you know, the things that Johnny was about and, and what they did and, when you hear like the military styled songs, like you know, even if it's uh, you know like Commando and stuff like that stuff, you know, it gets down to it, it, it is political. But at the same time, the Ramones had political elements, but they were never addressed as political, and they never had to come out and be like, "Oh, this is this." No, this is a song. This is a song about fucking DD pulling a switchblade on a guy who was turning tricks on because he wanted to prove that he wasn't a sissy, like. Uh, you know, it was just, they, that's the, the difference. Like everything can be considered or you can bust everything out and be like, oh, it's all, especially nowadays more than anything. Like it's all, it's political. It's this, it's that, it's this. You can be political, but you could also be political and not be seen as political because you're not coming out and saying it in, you know, certain words like exactly planet earth, 1988. I don't think, you know, outside of, like, diehard Ramones fans, I imagine that song hasn't come on someone's Spotify, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, this is kind of, like, they have no fucking clue, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. You know, and, and I, I really wanted to mention, I wanted to go back to something, because, like, I, so what I did today, uh, when you had, when we had kind of ironed out the details for this, I, I went through my book, and I, I, booked, I earmarked a couple things, some Joey quotes that I wanted to mention, and I wanted to go back to what you were saying about, like, you know, what, what quote-unquote punk rock, what people think punk rock should be, like, climbing out of sewers and fucking safety pins in their ears and shit. <laughs> so, so I found this I found this great quote. It's actually a two-part quote. So the first part of the quote is what it sounds like, and again, this is from the old Dickie Porter book. Um, it sounds like this was captured from an interview that both Danny Fields and Joey, they were sitting next to each other. So I want to read you both parts because it's fucking hilarious because it specifically addresses um, 
you know, a, a very a band that you and, and, and an artist that you've mentioned uh, in, in this podcast. So it goes on to say, uh, Fields was less than enchanted. The music industry and its half-witted brother, Radio, believed that the punk aesthetic contained within itself the engine of self-destruction. It was simpler to say the whole, that was a whole array of musicians and music labeled as punk. That it was a fashion statement coming from London. Well, the equivalent of vomiting on strangers in airports. <laughs> British Duke stole the show, and a lot of great music was buried in its flow. So then, that's where Joey pops in. The Sex Pistols didn't help at all, concurred Joey. They were into a negative kind of self-destruction thing, which scared everybody. And they were always into, and we were always into a positive thing, trying to save rock and roll and put the excitement and fun back into it instead of drawing it out like Foreigner and Toto. Now, that I think encompasses everything. I will say I fucking love Foreigner. I know you and I have talked about this. I fucking love Foreigner, but that has a lot to do with my father. But anyway, I get the point that he's trying to make, and it goes back to what you were also saying about rock and roll and, and, and the idea that like the Ramones, in, in a sense, and I'm sure people would be like, well, you know, actually, the, well, actually, you... The Ramones un- undoubtedly were one of the first pioneers of pop punk a- at its core. You know, I- I- and-, and I wanted to read those two quotes because I found them to be very fascinating, especially in relation to, you know, this idea of uh, it's aggression and blah, blah, blah. And it's all about just, you know, fucking shooting smack and fucking passing out and robbing hookers and all that bullshit, you know, whatever people think it's supposed to be. And obviously the beauty of punk rock is it's subjective, but you have people that don't want to accept that. And it needs to be like, there needs to be a uniform. You need to have Liberty Spice, as you said, you need to have fucking holes in your leather pants that you're wearing and don't fucking bathe. And I don't know, smoke crack. I don't fucking, you know, like insert your thing. Um, I just love that back and forth between the two of them. And uh, I always get a kick when when I think of Danny Fields' voice in my head, and like you know him shrugging his shoulders and like looking at the ground, like he's just a character. He's a, it's like Monty Melnick is a character. Yeah, they're, they're all fucking characters, you know. Um, but yeah, that 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 encompassed I think uh, a lot of that whole mentality of like what they represented to music and what else was happening at that same time and how they kind of combated that. And they were fucking pure. They were pure in what they did. And uh, yeah, I, I think that that says it all about Joey and what Joey leaves and, and has left as his legacy. When you say, when Joey says, you know, they didn't, the sex pistols didn't help at all. Like they just made it seem very like crazy. And you know, the Ramones weren't about that. And I love that. And I think that really does like, it pretty much like defines why I love the Ramones so much beyond the music is that they were a positive band despite inner turmoil, despite, you know, mental illnesses with OCD and drug addiction and depression, anxiety, you, you name it. It ran rampant through the entire band, you know, egoism, whatever you want to call, you know, just a million different issues with each member. But, when you hear the Ramones play, you know, Sheena is a punk rocker, you can't help but have a positive attitude. You can't help but have a smile on your face when you hear Rockaway Beach. Oh, fuck yeah. And nothing against, like, the Sex Pistols. Yes, they put out one album. It's a landmark album for UK punk. But beyond that, what, you know, what's the lasting legacy? 
Is it 20 plus studio albums or is it one album? Is it 20 years of touring the world and influencing everyone, having the most, you know, having, you know, Arturo uh, create one of the most legendary and important logos that is in fucking, you know, in Target right now on a t-shirt that some girl's going to buy and have no clue who the fuck the Ramones are? My sister, my fucking sister, dude. Anyway. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, that speaks to how positive I think the Ramones really are. Um, and that's why I think the right people know that they were way more than just a punk band. They did way more than just found punk. Um, and I think that's, you know, Joey, Joey Ramone is royalty in New York city. The motherfucker has, you know, uh, a street named after him. Like that's, I mean, Yes, I'm sure there's a bunch of weirdos that have random streets named after him, but you have a street named after you in in New York City out in front in the corner where CBGB's is. Like, that's... And he's royalty. He's still... Joey Ramone is, is royalty in New York City. He, he means everything to that city. Uh, I think he means more than people even realize to music... And maybe this biopic is going to, you know, spread the word even more and have, you know, maybe some kid's going to be scrolling on Netflix. Some kid that will listen to some bullshit, like, nonsensical, dumb, like, mumble rap or something. Which, hey, listen, if mumble rap's what you're into, that's fine. But maybe that kid's going to watch this this I Slept with Joey Ramone bi- biopic and, and say, holy shit, like, wow, these songs are pretty catchy. I'm going to look into it. Wow, this Joey Ramone cat was, like really cool i'm gonna check this out and do we see a spike in ramones music for like three or four days after this movie's you know week after for the first week after this movie's put out like it you know like with motley crew had like crazy streaming numbers after the dirt dropped on netflix and and obviously on a much larger scale queen had like a number one you know was number one across all the streaming stuff for bohemian rhapsody when that movie came out didn't they like re-release and repress like a bunch of shit? As oh well? yeah. Like, oh yeah. Elton John and all that shit. Fucking. Oh yeah. Like, so it's I. You know I. I agree. I. I do hope that you know. And, and one thing I want to say too. I love that like not well nowadays in particular, but it's like when you say things like that where it's like you know oh if you're into mumble rap, not that there's anything wrong with that. You know it's like that shit sucks, but it's cool that you're into it. <laughs> you know like I love that nowadays you have to always give that fucking caveat with just the reactionary nature of individuals but that's besides the point um i i agree i think it would be great to see like a resurgence and because at the end of the day it's you want people to discover it you want people to hear it and if they're into it fucking dive dick first into it or head first that's or what the, the head of your dick and he... i don't give a shit. dive in that's the, <laughs> the fucking moral you know like get into it and, and if you don't have a dick, that's fine too. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But like that, you know, just get into it. And if if your if your introduction to it is Pete Davidson's fucking cat butthole eyes fucking playing Joey, like that's awesome. You yeah, know, I think or more. I think that's why my my stance on like remakes and and reimaginings and like sequels, even if they're called like the same name, like uh, it's still fucking. It's still grinding my gears. The new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, Leatherface movie that they're coming out is apparently a direct sequel to 
the first film and it's negating everything that happened to any of the other films, that's fine. And I'm all for keeping Toby Hooper's legacy alive because I want people to be like, oh shit, let me go back. I just watched this new Leatherface movie. Let me go back to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and discover the great, you know, Gunnar Hansen who played Leatherface and discover Toby Hooper who made the film. That's what I want. And that's why I've eased my stance on, you know, remakes and things like that. Uh, even if they're calling it the same name of the title, they're calling it literally Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So now there's going to be like three movies within the franchise world that have the same name, but one's a remake and one's a direct sequel, and then you have the original. It's annoying. But regardless, I think that's what's great about it. Like, Pete Davidson could do terrible. The movie could kind of really disappoint us and suck, but it'll bring positivity because... At least one kid is going to watch that on Netflix and get hooked on the Ramones. At least one will. The very least one kid will. And that's cool enough for me. Yeah. Very much agree. Very well said. I like that. I like this positivity element towards uh, just people getting into it. You know? I think I think that's what we fucking need. <laughs> yeah. we. I mean, yeah. There's been enough fucking dark clouds of bullshit fucking yeah. swirling. Yeah. Uh, you know, now's the time for some uh, some good, clean fun, or even dirty fun. But, you know, to, to wrap this convo up, Lou, what do you think? I mean, you and I have had endless conversations. We always do. They're always endless. They'll forever be endless. Um, but what some, do you some think? Might call it, some might call it an endless vacation, but yeah. go on. Go on. A vacation, indeed, uh, whenever we're talking about the Ramones. But, you know, 20 years, Joey's been dead. You know, what do you think his legacy is and will continue to be? Like, to, not even as like, uh, as, like, a thing, like, what does Joey Ramone mean to the world? But, like, what do you personally think that Joey Ramone's legacy is? That's a good question. Uh, I, I personally, from my own personal perspective, I, I think that Joey Ramone's legacy is never can be you know, copied. He's he's his own unique frontman, individual, never replicated, although many have tried, and the ultimate, like, influencer of countless fucking bands that both you and I love, um, bands that they didn't even intend to fucking influence. Or or if you would have sat down and fucking Joe Ramone and played him some of the shit that, the, that, you know, bands that he's inadvertently influenced... He wouldn't. It fucking blow his mind. Like, could you imagine sitting him down and playing him like? And I'm going on a limb to say that fucking you know, Nine Inch Nails was influenced by Ramones, but industrial music. <laughs> let's be honest. It's very upbeat, fast rhythm, like you know, aggressive fucking shit. Like, I, I would assume that fucking you could sit down with some of those. You know, you could sit down with fucking KMFDM and and play him Ramones. Like, oh yeah, I fucking love Ramones. Whatever. I just think ultimate influencer. Um, never replicated and just a voice. He's a voice. He's a voice of an entire movement. Not fucking Johnny Rotten. Not any of those fucking pukes. Jerry Ramone is the voice of a fucking revolution because when it boils down to it, you think of a handful of bands when punk rock really exploded. Um, and I mean punk rock, like New York City punk rock. Like, and that, that's, he's the voice. He's the voice of a fucking movement. That's what Johnny. That's that's what Joey Ramone means to me, as far as like his legacy, his voice of a fucking movie. I think you nailed it when you said uh, could never be replicated. Like you can't. Like there's so many singers. Like you've heard a million people, even you know, 
you know, bands like, you know, Volby obviously try to do like the Elvis thing. I feel like no one could even attempt to try to sound like Joey Ramone. It's just so you it's the most unique voice ever. And that and as you said, the voice of a movement. And to to have that moniker, you know, stenciled on your legacy as the voice of a movement, I I mean that says it all. So, you know, with that, you know, 20 years, Joey Ramone's been gone. I say, you know, crank your Ramones, crank your Joey solo albums, you know, and don't worry about me. Uh, well, we can only hope that this biopic is going to be sick. Um, it's at least going to be entertaining just to, to see anything Ramones related be put on a platform such as Netflix in 2021 or 22 whenever it comes out. So um, I can't be anything but all for it. Um, and it's going to be good stuff for Ramones fans and for future Ramones fans because there's no doubt that uh, someone someone with uh, go- a good ear, uh, a witty brain, and uh, a sick sense of humor isn't going to become a Ramones fan. Some 12-year-old's going to watch this and, and uh, become... Uh, Become a Ramones fan, a Ramonesite, a, Ram- a Ramonian. <laughs> a Ramonian. We can. A, a Ramonian actually sounds like you're a, 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 a historical uh, studier of Ramones art, a Ramonian. A, Ram- a Ramonian sounds like. You know, a kitchen utensil that was like outlawed because it was like extremely dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> like something you find at your grandparents' house. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, the the uh, the Food and Drug Administration outlawed that because people lost their fucking fingers using a Ramonian. Like, you gotta be fucking careful. <laughs> it does too. It sounds like a fucking. It sounds like a car that almost made it to market. Yeah, we were working on the Ramonian for fucking like twelve years, and then just fucking. We couldn't do it. Ralph Nader was single, single-handedly responsible for ceasing the uh, production of the Ramonian before, it, before it ever saw the light of day. Showroom floor. <laughs> fucking <laughs> Ralph Nader. What a fucking poor man's Ross Perot. Do you ever think that he would be brought up in this? Has, has Ralph Nader, Nader been brought up in your podcast before? He has now. He has now, dude. We're, we're Breaking, breaking, fucking, making history, breaking fucking balls and knees, and keeping it political. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks a, a million, Lou. Obviously, uh, we're gonna have uh, more conversations about this, uh, these topics, this film, uh, when it does come out. Because you and I, when this mo- film does see the light of day, you and I will have to have a full rundown on uh, on this film. Into it, and as always, dude. Thank you for uh, thanks for letting me come on and you know bullshit with you it's always 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 a good time always looking for an excuse not only to talk about ramones but chit chat with you in general you know you're you're the fucking you're the goat dude this uh arcot media is fucking it's a it's an it's a fucking giant and uh anybody who listens to this episode if this is the first one you listen to if you've checked out a handful go back listen to fucking uh the archive the archival uh episodes there is some like Absolutely fucking hysterical shit contained therein. It's uh, it's unreal. 
like in, in the replay value is like a hundred percent there as well. Any of it, any of the fucking like the the episodes that you've done where you just kind of do like the movie watch alongs, like the the commentary episodes. Um, the entire the entire Friday the Thirteenth like you know three and a half hour four hour thing is just insane. Like I, I don't know, I get a kick out of it partially because like I think I know the people who are doing it. You know, I have some frame of reference. You got the insider but, like, scoop. I got the insider scoop, but I think even from an outsider perspective, there is comedic fucking gold contained in some of the banter, you, the way in which you address certain things, your observations on the films. Uh, it's just, just fucking funny. Check it out. That's all I'm saying. Check out the archival stuff. Check out any, any and all of it. It's fucking brilliant. Well, I appreciate the kind words, and uh, maybe maybe people will start. Uh, more people will uh, jump on board. Um, but we are the Mark Ramones pasta of the podcast world. <laughs> no way! I can't allow you. Are that's not the case? Not the case. <laughs> on that note, we shall uh, we shall remember, celebrate, and uh, have a fucking blast uh, thinking, talking, listening, and uh, cherishing the memory and the legacy of Joey Ramone, and uh, hopefully this. Uh, Netflix biopic that comes out on uh, the Ramones and Joey Ramone and uh, played by old cat butthole eyes uh, Pete Davidson so what more to say but uh, thanks uh, thanks to everybody who's checked this out you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at HeartGuide Media name of the podcast Sight and Sound Podcast presented by HeartGuide Media because you're going to see you're, we're going to talk about sights the films and the sounds the music and with that note, uh, we, uh, we're out. Thanks. <laughs>